We are now recording, Dan. All right. Well, uh, our you know, in the line of fire podcast. This is our first pod in quite a while. Uh, Joe, your first pod since uh, Purple Rain. Um, so, but this is going to be a warm up before the Godfather uh, for the fiftieth next year, Joe. And by the way, we only do five a year, <laughs> so <laughs> you won't have you'll have probably have plenty of time before we. Uh, before we pick it up. But I want to make an announcement before this pod really gets going. And Peter, I think hats yes. off to you before we get into the movie. Um, the big announcement that Peter's been working behind the scenes to make happen is Tommy is returning to the pod in October. He's making his triumphant return. As part of the deal he struck with Peter, he gets to pick the next movie. So it could be Shakespeare in Love, Shock a Lot, Sense and Sensibility. I'm not <laughs> sure. But Peter, great job uh, bringing him back into the fold. I'm thrilled. I am absolutely About thrilled. Tommy or those movies is an option. Both. Explain why I'm here now. <laughs> um, all right. 1993, In the Line of Fire. We just did, well, we just did, you know, five months ago, uh, The Fugitive, but the same summer. Um, and uh, uh, two classics. I think the first we could start off with TLJ uh, winning best supporting over Malkovich, uh, which uh, which is a, it's a pick em, I guess. Brendan thought that was a good call. Doug, I don't think you, you did you go with Malkovich in that? Uh... I like, I like, I thought, he was, I thought he was outstanding. You know, he's, he was just so calmly bizarre. And then when he, <laughs> like, like, like on a dime would flip his lid. All those scenes yeah. were my, my comrades in arms come to my house to kill me. <laughs> Horrible things for God and country. Yeah, I thought he was outstanding. Outstanding. But Tommy Lee Jones was all right. He's he's okay. Yeah. Do you yeah, think, well, Peter, do you you think that was him? The text, you just said creepy when you think of Malkovich, right? Yeah. Do you think that was just him being himself? That was that was the only direction he got. You know, it's like John, relax, just be yourself. That's that's what I took away. From this. I think they were actually they were actually filming him talking to his agent. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? <laughs> uh, Doug, why don't you give us a, you want to do a quick rundown of... Uh, oh, wait, don't you, have to, ask the, the don't you have to ask the question that HBC always asks? Which is? Or that you always ask if Peter has seen the movie? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's usually how we the, start. The Peter, traditional have, have opening. Seen it? And in 1993, where... Did you see it? Because, you know, you were, I don't know, San Fran, Prague, Germany, you were all over um, I, on the ride. I have seen this movie <laughs> twice. I oh. saw this in, I saw this in 93. I was living in Boston. I saw it at Somerville at the Davis Theater. That's a beautiful old theater. And they had, it was okay. a second run movie house at that time. So uh -huh. I think I, I think I paid three dollars. Oh, that's see, a steal right see. there. That's a yeah. Billy B. Moneyball type pickup yeah. right there for three bucks. <laughs> And then I saw it again today. It did, from, <laughs> hold on, it did hold on. not age did well. Did you go with your the girlfriend at the time, uh, whoever I you was were alone. dating? And, and no. is this the same girlfriend who had a problem with you when you went to that restaurant <laughs> in Mystic? No. When she had a problem, when Peter went straight to the fixins bar before oh. he addressed the waiter, was it that girl, Peter? No. And, and just for the record. I don't know if you guys have ever, ever been through this, so I, I've, I've learned my lesson. You know, the waiter comes over, and they're, he, they're, they're busy, and they just say, I'll be with you in one moment, something like that. And we're right. sitting there for a while. I'm looking at the salad bar. I'm like, you know, that salad bar looks good. <laughs> I'm going to go up there. I'm going to get a few, few items from the salad and fixings bar. And she admonished me. I mean, I, I to this day, I remember it. Like... Don't go before you order your food. Actually, I think we ordered, I'll take it back. I think we ordered a drink. And then I figured that was enough. I'm in, right? Is, is right. that how it works? Yeah. I don't know. I think I think uh, it was once you get your drink, you're all set. But I think right. I understand. You're a lawyer. You know this, right? I understand her concern. The way to walk by, see you eating, think, oh, yeah, yeah I took his order already. I just forget to take your order. I think that's what her real concern was. I and she was starving. I th I, it could have been that. I, I think she felt I wasn't representing, you know, we, we were both from New Jersey and she felt like I wasn't representing our state. 
you know, properly. I, I think that's what it was. Was this at Mystic Pizza? It was in oh. Mystic. It was in Mystic. The Steak Loft, I think, right? Steak Loft in Mystic. Oh, I, I, right. I know that place. Yeah, it's right off 95. <laughs> it's a good place. Yeah. It's fine. It's, it's available for weddings and bar mitzvahs. So. <laughs> In the line of fire. Peter asked for Peter just paid for his drink and asked the guy to hear the specials and said, "I don't want to hear that." (laughs) (laughs) Could he like dropping the four bucks on the table and walking? That's right. Exactly. Just slapping. They they broke up as he was signing the check. Um, It was rough. All right, Doug. You want to give us a recap of the story of in in the line of fire? Okay, in the line of fire is a um, Secret Service agent, Frank um, Drevin, who is the uh, at the time of the movie is the only uh, uh, active agent that had a dead president under his belt. He was uh, uh, guarding Kennedy right. um, when Kennedy was killed in I think '63, November third, and he it, it ruined his marriage, it ruined his life for a point. In time, he was he was hitting the sauce. He was he was drinking too hard, and then years later, he he shifts from guarding, doing the guarding detail to the investigative component because the Secret Service also investigates uh, counterfeiting and some other right. other uh, issues and threats to the president. So, and, and we open so, we open with him uh, undercover, um, with uh, <laughs> with his partner. Uh, yeah, if I was his yep. partner, I would have quit in the first five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> what an asshole. Exactly. I would have rather been partners with Malkovich. Yeah. I'm gonna you mean after he's on the head. boat with that? He slit oh, his the partner's entire time. Malkovich makes him drive. He makes him fucking drive everywhere. He yeah. almost gets him killed. <laughs> And then yeah. after he almost gets him killed, he's like, now we're going to go to a bar so you can hear me play piano. It's like, fuck you. I want to go home. <laughs> he's also married. <laughs> well, he he not only all, almost got him killed, he almost shot him in the head <laughs> with the gun. Because he, and, and he says that. He says, how do you know that gun was empty? He said, I, I had a pretty good... I, I could feel the weight. It was something That's like right. that. He, he puts, the, to, yeah, he puts uh, the gun to his head. Make- yeah. Make no mistake. You, you, you I, I don't mean to correct you, but he didn't almost get him killed. He did get him killed. <laughs> later, later. Eventually. No, I know. Later. But had he been me, he would have quit by then. But he exactly. tried. You would have given your notice that day. <laughs> had he been Matt, early, he would have still been alive. Basically, he, he still would have. Yes. The day earlier, he tried to quit, and he's like, "No, I need you, pal. I need you in this investigation." Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now I know. I need you to I know pick I, me up for work. Exactly. I know I let them put a bag over your hunting. head. <laughs> really funny I, about that. that you point out, Matt, is the next scene after that guy's dead, you see him on the bus. Clint Eastwood is on the bus. Immediately after that guy's dead. You think this movie inspired Brendan not to learn how to drive? <laughs> you it mean? Might have. You mean Joe? Seeing Clint Eastwood in 1993 not having a license and being, you know, a successful. <laughs> Playing the piano, getting Renee Russo, being yeah. driven around town. You think that delayed Brendan from getting his license for another 10 years? Uh, at least. At least, right? <laughs> kind of like you seeing Jaws, and that's why you go pants and not short. These have an exactly. effect. Right. <laughs> Life, yeah, life-changing, you know, these are life-changing things. Art is powerful. Well, then that night, uh, after after that whole thing happens on the boat, by the way, is that the bad guy from the firm who... Uh, yes. Yeah, who, uh, who, who is... <laughs> yes. <laughs> is that the why you asking questions about dead lawyers? Is that yes, that? I think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So, then they get the call that night by uh, I don't know the landlord of John Malkovich about yeah. uh, some strange noises. Or something. Yeah, she was she was an immigrant, but she had immigrated for forty some forty years to the United States and loves right. the country and was devastated by Kennedy's loss. Saw this when she was snooping around Malkovich's apartment, so she calls it in. He swings by, 
and then looks at all of the the weird stuff he has. He has references to the assassination of um, uh, Bobby Kennedy, uh, uh, John F. Kennedy, right. uh, Lincoln. But uh, so is it Sarif? Sarif is that the guy who killed? Sirhan. Uh, Sirhan. Sirhan. Yeah. Yeah. Who's uh, up for parole right now? They're, they're thinking of letting him out. I, right. I digress. Uh, so the next day they come back. Every he had all kinds of crazy stuff pasted all over the wall, you know. Right. Uh, you know, articles, uh, pictures about assassinations and so forth. Now, when they return, the only thing left on the wall is one picture, and it's the, of the detail uh, that was guarding Kennedy. And there's, there's Clint Eastwood with his head circled. A young Clint, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. So I, mean, I guess it wouldn't be a movie without this part, but like. Why didn't you just kill the president if you want to? Why do you have to drag Clint Eastwood into it? <laughs> right. I think you answered us the first point. I, I think it's it's the, the you know, the, the, the line at the end of the movie, Malkovich says to him, they're going to write books about us, Frank. The irony, uh, the uh, country pays you, um, tra trains you to protect, and trains me to kill. And then I save your life and you want to kill me, you know. Right. So it's it's the game, I suppose, that he, he likes to to play. Well, I guess it's a little bit of uh, Die Hard here, Die Hard One, where it's the bad guy and the good guy talking on the phone. Whether even though that was the walkie-talkies in Die Hard, so they're really not in the scene together in the building when he saves them, and then until the end. Um, but um, then fair, they a fair point, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess he could have just killed the president. And it maybe would have been a, a short film in Sundance or something. But but I guess I guess he thought it was face that it was him, the the only surviving uh, Secret Service. Right. Agent. Yeah, who's still well, on duty? Right. I think killing the president would get books written about you. I think Matt's got a point. I think he'd be famous <laughs> enough. <laughs> Wait, did Jeff say that again? I think, but just killing the president would have gotten plenty of books written about him. You, you didn't need this extra. You put the need the cherry on top, you know. It's well, it's like uh, you know, the juice is the action type of thing from Heat, you know. Um, they then go. I liked in the beginning too how he was like Malkovich was almost dressed as a person who would kill the president, and then he started going as like a businessman. <laughs> well, he has all sorts of different. <laughs> No, he's got a whole box of noses and stuff. But he was either a businessman or like a crazy person. <laughs> Just be a regular person. <laughs> he, he didn't have a lot of like a middle ground of outfits. Now, well, did, Doug, didn't you do an impression of his walk? Like when he crashed into the car? <laughs> oh, him on the corner with the wig on. Yeah. <laughs> no, that got the shifting back and forth like... Yeah, and, you know, he overdid it. He overacted, not, yeah. not Malkovich, but the character overplayed that. Clint, Clint saw right through it, or Frank saw right through it. That's him, Al. That's him. But I think we're getting ahead of ourselves story-wise. I think uh, basically from there, uh, Malkovich's character, um, um, who turns out to be a CIA uh, assassin, a wet boy, um, yeah. he. Uh, what was his name? Leary? Leary. Yeah, Leary. You're right. Yeah. They thought it was Joseph McCrawley. That's what the, uh, the landlord thought. But yes, Leary. So Le Leary. Frank Corrigan, by the way, not Drevin. I figured Matt was going to correct me on that. <laughs> so he starts calling. I'm sorry, Peter, are you eating? <laughs> yes, I am. I'm sorry. This is very interesting. Thank you. I know. I think it's fine. I think... <laughs> are you at the salad bar? <laughs> I... Did you pull I the am. chair right up to the salad bar? I did. I did. Peter's filming this at a restaurant. I have a frozen drink. I just ordered that. I felt entitled to go to the salad bar. They're, 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 those are expensive drinks. So, right? How are the croutons? They're sublime. The <laughs> potato skins off the hook. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> I don't think you interrupted us. It was Dan interrupted you eating. <laughs> John Mahoney is is I guess in charge of all the secret service. Maybe the oh yeah, Fraser's dad. 
John, the late great John Mahoney, uh, star of you know uh, TV and films. Uh, you know, he, my personal John Mahoney favorite is him and Say Anything. You know, yeah. with incarcerated Lloyd. <laughs> Ricky, don't lose that number. Well, my brother did a perfect impression of that one line of, uh, what was it? Uh, I make their lives better. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> they tell him all about it. Um, and, and also, crack there, team. what's that? It was a real crack team. Frazier's dad, Lumberg. Uh, <laughs> Gary Cole. That's yeah, right. Gary Judo Lumber from Die. Trudeau from Die Hard 2. <clears throat> Fred Thompson. Who from Die Hard 2? What's his name? Trudeau? Rackham Stack. Yeah, the guy in charge of the airport. Right. Right, right. Um, Fred Thompson. Kenny, the, the, Kenny the, Banya. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. What, yeah, Kenny, <laughs> Kenny Banya is one of the guys who are trying to <laughs> trace the Fucks call. up the call <laughs> tracing. <laughs> that's right. So. Some poor couple in their underpants got uh, raided. Awful. <laughs> yeah, that would be a probably pissed if that happened. <laughs> Fuck. That's his job, right? It's, it's not like they put the, like the uh, sniper on the call tracing. Like that's all he does is trace calls. <laughs> trace calls. If you can't do that right. <laughs> and anyway, the, there's a series of phone calls going back and forth um, where they're trying to find out where he is. They're not having any luck. Well, he's um, calling him, right? He calls Clint Eastwood before right, he has they start. A, right. He calls That's him. the payphone, right? The payphone right down the block from uh, his, his apartment. He's like, well, I'm going to kill the president. He's like, now, why did you have to say that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a felony, even if you don't mean it. Well, I mean it, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of that going back and forth. But uh, I like my favorite call is when he calls Frank at the bar after his partner's killed. And, uh, you know, he's saying, I, Frank, I, I have a rendezvous with death. And Clint Eastwood's response is, you have a rendezvous with my ass. Slams <laughs> <laughs> down the phone, walks to fight late of the bus. Nobody in the bar has any reaction. <laughs> And it's Frank again. It's like a Chets type place. It doesn't like, like a lot of people are in that Washington uh, bar that Frank goes to. But basically, he joins the detail again to protect the president. We really don't see all that much. Yeah, we, see, we see we see him struggling. We see him struggling. Right in the re-election campaign. Um, <laughs> Peter, you just watched it today. Did you watch the whole thing? I rewatched it. Yeah, I well, I watched half yesterday and half today. Yes. And did, did it think? still hold up for you? I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I hated this movie for a number of reasons, but you know, the, one of them was just, you know. Were you not doing a bit? You really didn't like it. I I I don't think I liked it. You know, I I I, I get it. It it's it's very well constructed. It's more. It it didn't age well to me, you know. Wow. His, his 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 inherent sexism, his you know. It's ah, it's tough being a heterosexual white man, you know. That his whole because he, he says that at one point. I'm a heterosexual white man. Blah blah blah. His who plays piano. Who plays piano, and then harassing Rene Russo was just awful. Um, for me, that didn't age well, you know. And extremely like poor hygiene. I have to say. When he has that cold, he take he blows his he's on he's on Air Force One. He blows his nose. A he goes on there with a cold. Which, There's a rule against blowing your nose on Air Force One. I think he, he shouldn't be on there because he's no no no. I was going to say he shouldn't be on there in the first place. He blows his nose. He's he's angry. He throws the tissue on the on the ground on the floor. I'm certain he just, picked it up. I was I'm appalled. certain he picked it up after that. He needed a hanky. <laughs> exactly. Something. I mean, I was appalled. You, you, you're, you're on Air Force One, recycled there. You think the Surgeon General think, will step think, in and say, this you, is, you're off. Peter, this, this is the pandemic talking. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. And it was the, the, the whole world was different. The whole goddamn country was different. 
This is oh, nice, nice to bring that nice. full circle. Nice. <laughs> He's I'm part sorry, of the hanky generation. If anybody was going to carry a hanky, it would have been. It but been he didn't have a hanky. He had a tissue, and he threw it on the ground. I mean, that's appalling. Even back in '93, I'm sorry. I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm done with you. I'm done with you." And then he did that other thing they do in movies all, all the time. You know, it, it, it well, it, it's kind of a, it's a ridiculous trope, and I'm getting out of myself. But he gets out of that taxi, and it's, it's, it's. It's sort of the whole thing of whenever whenever someone leaves a room, they don't close the door. He jumps right. out of the taxi and leaves the door open. And I, I don't I, I don't know why that drives me crazy. Well, at Am the I, end, oh, you mean? Yeah, no, you he's chasing after. You understand? Time was of the essence. He he still could have done. He had, <laughs> Doug, you're talking two or three seconds there. And it, and it would have added he's, urgency. What if he was three seconds later? The president would be killed. <laughs> exactly. But the door would be shut. <laughs> the door would be shut. Oh, fantastic! Just, just no. close the car and the, door. And the cab was full of tissues. Uh, exactly. <laughs> the, okay, and, and here's one other. Was gone by then. Here's here's another. Used to have his partner shut the door for his car. You know, no, this was it. Was just him alone. He was actually running. He says, "Wait here for me." You know, he right. does. He does say, "Wait here," because he's running after Malkovich. Believe but, me, you, that taxi driver was like, "This is the greatest shit that ever happened to me." This is the greatest fair. This is a good driving fair. around uh, a Secret okay. Service to save the president. He probably he, got a medal of freedom. Well, he might, would have been on Leno at this point in '93. He might. I, I still would have said, "Please just close the door." If you go back and look at the movie, you can see the cab driver is very, you know, very focused on driving. Right. Like he's really into it. He's he's not like trying to ham it up at all. You know, he's not like it's like no. maybe a line in the movie and and that's it. It was important stuff. But the the, the other thing I was thinking about too back then, even back then. There was not the widespread use of cell phones, so there were a lot of dramatic scenes and moments where the, it was in. He had to have change in his pocket so he could make those phone calls. Yeah, and <laughs> a lot of quarters. A lot of quarters. Damn it, so but I have four quarters. <laughs> yeah. I just maybe that's what it was to be a secret you had a secret service agent. You had to have okay. a roll of quarters. Here's a here's one point. Um, I guess it doesn't matter because in that scene where he's yeah. calling from the park and he's dressed like a, you know, uh, like I don't know what what you want to call it, some, you know, some like crazy hobo, a fish, type of a fish oh. concert, a big, a huge fish fan. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to call him? What, what what do you think Malkovich is dressed up as? That's a what I saw. Person. A crazy person. Okay, okay. so fish fan, he's, he's looking in the park to score some smack. Okay, that's what he's dressed like. Right. And and uh, he had called from the payphone that was in the park just a mm -hmm. moment ago. And now he's off on the corner, and then Clint Eastwood chases him down, and they, he seizes the car where he puts his fingerprints in, which ultimately leads them to identifying him as a, uh, as a wet boy. And then and he vanishes behind a bus. I but hate I, I that's thought, another movie trope I hate. I'm sorry, but go on. I didn't. Clint Eastwood, the very first call where he ran down the street... Yeah, uh, chasing him when he heard the ambulance. Why didn't he? Have, why didn't he seize the goddamn phone and pull out the quarters and check them for fingerprints? Mm. Ah, yeah, that's because good. He said this this phone's impounded. Like he said that with the car. He said that with the car. So anyway, well, Joe, Joe is your theory he didn't shut the door because he's not used to driving? Is that your, is that? <laughs> His partner, before he got killed, would drive him around everywhere, and he probably just pops out of the car all the time. And you know, his partner closed the door. You know, how does like, he not have his license? How does Frank Corrigan? How did Brendan not get his license till he's forty-five? Right, really? He well, no, one. he, he was, just doesn't have a car. He was in his thirties, Brendan. Clint Eastwood's like in his sixties here. He he was too focused on piano lessons. That's my theory. I'm pretty sure he had a license. He just didn't like driving. Probably couldn't see. Hold on, I want to get Plus, back to the that whole, after that whole incident with the convertible. That would probably put him off course. Yeah, he doesn't want to drive at night. He's too old. <laughs> it reminds me, my grandfather was driving until his nineties, and he couldn't see for shit. And we asked him, "How do you see?" 
how do you know where you're going at night? He goes, I just follow the white lines. Oh, my God. Uh, and uh, I would just imagine somebody like jogging down the street with a white T-shirt, you know, my grandfather chasing. Wow, this is a curvy road. And having no idea. Hold on, Peter. I want to get back to uh, vanishing. We've seen someone vanish behind a bus like that. And Maddie and Joe were both there. It was a late late night of uh, having beverages many years ago. And yeah. Tommy uh, was across from us. Joe, where, what bar were we at in Manhattan <laughs> on the water? That's 79. You said the boat basin? The boat basin. Okay. And everyone was walking one way saying, hey, Tommy, where are you going? And he looked, and a bus came, and he was gone when the bus. Wow. I mean, God is my witness. And Tommy wasn't fast like Malkovich or Leary. He didn't, he didn't have the ankles for it. <laughs> Matt, do you want to get to one of your favorite scenes, which is the the woman in the bank? <laughs> That's the best scene. But go ahead. Oh, I do enjoy that. I do. I do enjoy that double murder. Well, yeah. I, I, go ahead, Dan. I mean, they're from Minneapolis, right? I mean, isn't that's the, their connection with the, that the yeah. woman in the bank and Malkovich? Yeah. Yes. Is and, she? Uh, he's opening a fake account so he can get a uh, to make a fake donate or make a real donation to get a close seat to the president at one of these ten thousand dollar plate uh, dinners. Right. Um, so he's setting up the account, and uh, you know he has his backstory in case anyone asks, but it, there's a hole in it. He didn't expect anyone to ask him what high school he went to. And that this, uh, why would that come up? <laughs> busy body at the bank. You know? <laughs> it's, they're from Minneapolis. What does this woman know? Every high school in Minneapolis? I mean, I don't know. It, it seemed like, I mean, what does he say? New Brighton High School. Um, what? Yeah, yeah, that was and, dumb. That was and then, if, how could she know? I, I don't know of any new Brighton High School. Well, yeah. maybe her father was a, a school administrator. I guess. And then he follows her home. Yeah, which is really bizarre. Like, he follows her, lies to her, follows her home, and she's like almost ready to accept the dinner invitation. Well, you always enjoyed when Malkovich says you have a nice way about you. I remember you laughing. <laughs> What an odd phrasing. But. I think he says you have a very pleasant way about you, isn't it? That <laughs> yes. Yes, he does. In the yeah, creepiest the way roommate. possible. I'm sorry. The yes. Poor roommate. I mean. Yeah. What's the point of having a, a vicious dog like that if it's not going to be able to save you? The roommate was five minutes from going out for the night in, you know, Maryland or somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> going to St. Elmo's in Washington. I don't know, but the, and he's, he's just there at the screen door. Uh, all right, so we're, Peter, did you, uh, you you had another? Uh, I'm, getting, this is, I'm beginning to think, Peter, maybe your problem is more Clint Eastwood than, than this movie. I mean, you know, it was, it's true. No, it's true. And I, and, yeah. and because I, it's, it's a well constructed movie. It's, a, it's, 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 it's a, taut, tense thriller. But yep. we all know what's got to happen, right? Is there any doubt that the president's got to get through all of this? I mean, is there the way the movie's set up? He's going to get through and, and Clint Eastwood's going, going to find some redemption. Do you, do you think there's any doubt about that? Uh, no, but it's still there's a tension. Even though you, you know yeah, how it'll end. It doesn't yeah. come easy. It comes at a price. It comes Ow. at a price. He'll get shot in the head for Christ's sake. Dylan McDermott's Absolutely. dead at the 50-minute mark. And by the right. way, if Tommy was on this, I'd, I'd want to know why it, Mondays in the 90s he watched Ali McBeal in the practice with Dylan McDermott. But he's not on, so we can't ask him. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I have some. watched the practice. It was good. What? <laughs> Hold on. Wait, wait. You watched the practice in the 90s? Man? Yeah. Why? It, it had some good mysteries. I watched it, I watched it too. <laughs> ah, Joe watched it, too. I watched it, too. Nothing, solved nothing by who? Lara Flynn Boyle? Who's solving the mysteries? D Dylan McDermott? Well, wow, no, it was geez. like court, courtroom drama. All right. Well, geez. Yeah. 
I were um, quick quick aside. I was taking a acting class with a um, the uh, the, um, the 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 booking agent at NBC at ABC. Uh, uh -huh. Marcy, I think her name was uh, Marcy, and uh, nice lady. So she's yep. teaching this course, and she goes off and starts talking about Dylan McDermott. And she's like, and she's just like, ugh, poor Dylan. You know, he really wants to be get break out of TV and be a movie star. Right. And I just, and I, I'm like sitting right next to her, and I go, oh yeah, I hope that really works out for him. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am, like struggling to get a FedEx commercial. You know, this guy's like, oh, okay, isn't, isn't a movie star. I know. You mean the guy who died in a line of fire? Yeah, he also died in. He died in a lot of movies. He died also died in um, uh, Runaway Jury at the beginning of the movie. When, Is that the uh, Hackman Dustin Hoffman one? You're losing me, my jury. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a lie? <laughs> That's yes. a lie in Runaway Jury. It's running away. <laughs> Is yes. It sounds like a fake line, Maddie would. But <laughs> God, it's in there. Maddie, I remember you as a uh, as, as a child enjoying the Clint Eastwood movie with an orangutan. Uh, do you remember? Uh, oh, that's a good one. Who, who good wouldn't one. enjoy that? Yeah. <laughs> so Peter, you don't have a problem with that movie? No, you know. Again, I'm watching it through the lens of today. I, I just I, I found I found it a little bit tiresome the tone and the constant. You know, did, okay, did it make the movie better that 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 it, that there was a love interest in this that there was some kind of sexual chemistry or tension. Did, was that element as necessary? It, it, come to your point, I'm so, sure was, that it, Renee Russo is going to hook up with uh, Frank. Oh, Corey, we knew that. I would agree. We knew that. No, she, I think she already was in a relationship with him at the time, but. Regardless, there was some things <laughs> in it. There was a lot of great chemistries. Like, they crowd at one of the the dinners, um, and he, she goes, "What are you looking at?" I'm because I'm just wondering where you hi you're hiding your firearm. Oh, Don't tell God. me. Let me guess. Oh, come on! It was oh, hilarious. He's such a jerk. Well, Peter was offended by that in 2021. Statement. I'm not offended, but I just find him insufferable. I just, I just, I'm like, you're a jerk. You're just a jerk. You know, let it go. I don't know. I just, Renee I can't, believe, had a great... I can't believe he's still making movies. <laughs> I saw I a commercial for a new <laughs> I, movie. I was like, I saw that too. Is shit. he in his 80s? Late yeah. 80s? 90s. 90s. He's, he's almost he, 90, yeah. Damn it, I'm 90. When, when, um, when that movie Heartbreak Ridge came out, I'm like, holy shit, he looks old. And, and now, you know, 30 years later, he's still, still making movies. Still going strong. Yeah. I'm macho. That's like, exactly crime. It's, it, yeah, yeah. It, I, Peter, I, I suggest you don't see it. Just <laughs> <laughs> based on the title. Am I going to be triggered? Is that what you're telling me? Is it trigger, it, Doug is trigger warning me. Thank you, Doug. Oh, okay. You don't Thank look you. so macho. <laughs> Actually, I think the movie's sort of anti-macho. I think so too. <laughs> but I think, I, I don't, let me let me see it, and I'll let you know. Please call me because I, I I'll get. I want you to go in there blind. It'll take it'll he's, take me a week 91. to recover. He's ninety-one. He's actually ninety-one. Wow. Ninety-one. Wow. He turned ninety-one on May thirty-first. You well, think he, people? Do you think his crew stopped listening to him? And they're like, okay, yeah, uh huh. All right. Uh, Jimmy, go put put the camera over there. Get the lights over here. <laughs> <laughs> Like you think it's like a weekend at Bernie's type of thing with Clint? Like he's just I think there? he's yeah, I think he's sitting there and I think I think it's like a regarding Henry sort of thing. Wait a second, isn't his first movie he directs in the same year as Unforgiven? Or Oh no, no, no. He did stuff oh. in the much earlier oh. than that. Yeah, Devin, his first movie was Cry High Plain uh, Stripster, was it? No, it was Play Misty for me. But I think he did. I thought he did High Plains Drifter before he, that. He did. No, no, that was after. Okay. Yeah, but that we play Misty. We talked about it on the Fatal Attraction pod, right? That was Peter. That oh, was the that. first, uh, the, the first version of uh, of that movie was uh, that was a good movie. From what I, I was scared. I was scared by that. I saw. I saw. She was a scary stalker lady. Oh. That whoever that was. Jessica. That was Jessica uh, Walters. 
That was she. She was on uh, the same woman on uh, Arrested Development. She was being stalked. refuses yes. to watch. <laughs> you remember when they would do these um, events on television where they would celebrate an actor? It wasn't a roast per se. I mean, there wasn't a podium. There wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a, a, a dais. It was more like like tables, and you know, it was a little more uh, refined. They did it for Burt Reynolds. They did it for Clint Eastwood. Um, and uh, Sammy Davis Jr. came out on the on the uh, Clint Eastwood one. What? And, uh, yep, Sammy Davis came out and he started talking about Play Misty for me, the first movie he directed, and he sang uh, the hit song from it to to Clint to help to celebrate it. It's the first time ever I saw your face. <laughs> <laughs> And then an orangutan came can't, out. I can't remember what I had lunch. But I had the, the orangutan was referenced. In Hopefully this is on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and it, Jim Carrey actually came up and was doing a bit. He Why? Like, because he was in five minutes of that uh, event. Yeah. What and the hell he's like, was okay, that one? Deadpool. And he's clapping his hands. And he's like, okay, and uh, guess what? Everyone give it a hand for uh, Clyde the orangutan. And then he's like, nope. I'm sorry, Clyde's not here. Some some poor shit like oh, that. Okay. He, well, right, he did that Eastwood impression too, way back. Uh, yeah, way back when. Um, anyway, I digress. Oh, so so to be clear, Matt, you would have quit the first day if you were Dylan McDermott. You would have handed in your paper. Oh, what are you first, talking like, about? Ten minutes. I would have called uh, Rachel's dad and been like, "Sir, you wouldn't, uh, wouldn't have passed." Matt wouldn't have passed the background check. I'm going back to Chicago. <laughs> This guy's fucking crazy. Now he's playing piano. What do you want me to do? <laughs> it's, um, a it's a pattern with yeah. Clint Eastwood. His partners are always always killed. <laughs> Dirty Harry, uh, his partner was shot and then left left the police and went, went became a teacher. And then the was Magnum it Cagney Force. or Lacey that got killed? That or was did the she get killed? Sir, I was enforcer, and I don't know if it was Cagney <laughs> or Lacey. But one of them was killed in the Enforcer. And then uh, in the Magnum Force, his, his partner is blown up with a bomb in the mailbox. And in the in sudden impact, he doesn't have a partner. Unforgiven? Going off. Unforgiven? Right. That's Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Don't team up with Clint Eastwood. You'll be dead. I didn't know he was Jackie or Lacey. Well. I don't remember that. Yeah, it's the Enforcer. It's a good one. Um. <laughs> well, that it's is a great Peter, scene, though. Peter, don't watch the Enforcer now. Because so. Clint Eastwood being paired up with a lady partner in the 70s. You can imagine. I, you'd be very upset listening to it. I can only they, handle so much. Don't, don't watch that. And You, you know, may have seen it with, You may have seen that with your mother. Is that possible? Uh, play Misty for me? No, the any of the Dirty Harry movies? Um, I may have. I think I saw Dirty Harry. Yeah, that's possible. That's possible. Well, the I, scene where Dylan McDermott gets shot, is that is a great scene. Oh, the, the jumping over the, uh, you know, uh, yeah. buildings. Uh, Malkovich Olsen gets, like, Hulk strength, though. What do you Like when he arm? swung him to the fire escape? Come on. He, he was like, um, he, he was able to do a wolf jump like uh, Jack Nicholson and Wolf. <laughs> then the guy says, freeze his partner. Frank, I got him. Just shoot him. <laughs> well, you see one of his arms right. is covered. Yeah. So then it's, it gets into the home stretch of uh, the big, uh, the big uh, L.A. fundraiser at the, the Westin Hotel. Um, before, you, before you jump to that, I think it's crucial. They had his fingerprints, but the bureaucracy uh, of, of the government, they did, not, yep. they did not release who he was. The they, buried, they buried that. And the only, the only way they found him, and it, and, and it all came out, is they followed the models. The models, meaning the, the, the plastic models. Remember, he, went, he, he was, yeah. Leary was all in, made a plastic gun yep. and was all into doing plastic modeling. 
the cool brother from heaven help us, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Correct. The bed, the father at home alone. Yes. Right, and then he, he doesn't he tell him to talk to the guy in the wheelchair? Uh, isn't isn't it right? Yeah. Who, like who, who became a, a cult leader on nine hundred two one zero? But anyway, <laughs> Leary, Leary gave me this wheelchair, and he takes out a gun, and I I I, I have this in case he comes back. And so. he gives him his address in Arizona or something. Right. <laughs> That's how they track him down. Everybody starts working together. Too little, too late. So as you said, they're at the Westin Hotel. And uh, and uh, <laughs> there's a, uh, a a businessman, a businessman, who gets uh, Malkovich <laughs> his tickets <laughs> to the big dinner. It's, it's a that's a good scene. That right, that is a good scene. Um, that guy, that that guy was uh, uh, Peter. I'm sure you remember this show from the '80s. He was the principal and head of the class. Remember really? that show, Peter? I'm impressed. <laughs> Howard no. Hessman is like the cool teacher. Dr. Johnny Fever is, you know, and now he's teaching a group of kids. I think a few of those guys, Maddie, went on to become big time Hollywood guys. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the fat guy directed Good Burger. <laughs> <laughs> Doug was obsessed that the kids from Good Burger wanted to be the new Abbott and Costello. He would he, he wouldn't stop talking about it for weeks on end. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> he also I obviously mentioned it more than once. He, he directed Varsity Blues, maybe that was him. Um, he was also the no. neighbor in... No, way no, that was, no, that was the cool kid. Yeah, it was like a huge the deal kid. now. The, By the way, the I hope... I hope Tom picks Varsity Blues as his movie. Um, that that kid, that that the chubby kid, Doug, you're talking, was in the neighbor in uh, uh, Better Off Dead. That's correct. Uh, uh, in, with Cusack, with the what's his name? Love, the language of love. Um, all right. So now the principal from head of the class gets Malkovich a ticket to this, and they're having drinks at the top of the uh, the hotel. Oh, the, the good scene with Clint Eastwood. Uh, well, Peter doesn't enjoy this movie, but it, Peter, you didn't like the scene with Clint Eastwood and Rene Russo having the heartfelt uh, recount of everything that happened that day. That was a good scene. I, anything. I, I'm sorry. I just. I, it made me cringe. I got because it was post hookup. That's why. It, no, it, I, yeah. The, none of that. The, the scene yeah. where he's in Traveler's hotel room and he starts talk re recounting the day. It's a beautiful day. He's recounting the day, and he starts yeah. to cry. He, in my opinion, that wasn't Clinton's sort of acting. I think he was actually thinking about when Kennedy was shot, how it impacted him and everybody who, who was around at that time. That might be the best acting, acting he's ever done. Yeah, it was the hands down. That scene was it was outstanding. Because then he gets kicked off the detail, but then of course he figures it out, um, working with the people from the bank. Uh, oh, and I think Joshua Molina, right, Maddie, is uh, kind of like but, his right-hand man for a little while. He inadvertently catches the, the Malkovich. Right. So ah. that's the that's the cue. The cue is when he gets when he when he has Malkovich on the phone and he now has the goods on him. He's like, oh, I I I don't want to be your friend. I see what you've done with your friends. What is that supposed to mean, Frank? You cut right. the goddamn throats, you know? And Why does every, everyone who knows you th thinks you're a sick son of a bitch. <laughs> well, now Frank, I've seen your movies. Right, and, uh, but that's uh, anyway. Um, the point is, uh, in one of these conversations, he, he mentions, you know, everything's random. You, you know, you could, you 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 could deserve it. You could be from Minnesota. Nothing. Right. Dropped of the Minnesota is what helps connect to the bank. That's right. Oh, that's and uh, you're right. You're right. And uh, Molina does the, uh, the the how he gives the phone number, right, Matty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was a little stupid. Yeah, he spells <laughs> ukulele wrong. Right. <laughs> I remember. I you didn't care. For, you didn't care for that ukulele thing, right, Peter? You felt that was contrived. That was a little uh, haphazard. Yeah. But. I like that Peter's taking the Brendan Lane of, of in Purple Rain. 
Peter, this is this is uh, interesting territory, uh, but it's you know it's legit that uh, how he feels. Joe, do you I, I, share? I, you both live downtown, Joe. Do you do you share Peter's uh, you know uh, uh, wokeness about this movie? I, I I haven't seen it in a while. You just you called me in so late, I didn't get to watch it today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe. Oh, Jesus. Peter was hoping tonight would be canceled. So. <laughs> well, Brendan got the. Brendan got out. He's still hoping. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I don't even think he'll be able to fix this in post. I think the whole thing is going to get cut. I, I know Tom is coming back, so you probably re redo it with Tom. <laughs> and then Frank saves the president, and now, uh, and now. Well, by the way, even after almost shooting the president, security or secret service is still telling uh, Leary to freeze. <laughs> They're not shooting him. <laughs> Right. Freeze, Larry. Uh, they go up in the elevator. It is uh, kind of weird, right? I mean, when we've seen, we, we saw when Reagan was shot, you don't see anybody saying freeze. You know, they're pulling out Uzis and like trying to figure out where to fire, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. Um, here, they're, they're rushing pop. the president out the kitchen, you know. And then uh, Clint Eastwood's got a. Uh, no, Malkovich wants to kill him before he kills himself, basically, at the end. Good. Well, I'm, I was just... Some, some what about those poor guys hunting ducks? Oh, yeah. I, I, I felt bad for those guys. <laughs> Why? I think that's a yeah. great question. Why'd you shoot that duck, asshole? <laughs> I, need to, I need this gun to shoot the president. Why would you say that, mister? Why did you shoot that duck, asshole? Boom, boom. And then he does this great sniff after he shoots the buff. <laughs> and just one nostril. I think Brendan's acted with the, the main guy from that, uh, the, the, of those two duck hunter guys. <laughs> but he's not here to tell us the story, so. Uh, yeah. you know, next time you'll ask about hunter number one. <laughs> so, you know what? So Maybe I'll, I'll call him and sort of pat, patch that in. If I get his story. As an add-on, Peter, during like the theme music? Yeah, I could just stop it at this point and I'll, I'll just patch him in. Sure. Tell so us I, about I, Duck Hunter number one, please. Okay. I think it's worth mentioning that this is this movie, there's, a, uh, there's a, a, a handful of movies that go with this. Secret Service agent, you know, did, saved the president, didn't save the president, lost his job, was disgraced. And is looking for some sort of redemption, and that's uh, uh, the last Boy Scout mm -hmm. and, and uh, the Bodyguard. Basically, the same same kind of uh, aspects to it. Uh, I recently watched the last. What about the <laughs> one where Jamie Fox is president? Did you ever see that? Oh. <laughs> what? Why I think they did. I, I believe he. <laughs> He used a bazooka at one point in the movie as president. Yes. And it goes on his Air Jordans, if, I, if I'm correct. Yeah. And spoiler, the bad guy is Richard Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he gets discovered because his, uh, his ringtone is the theme to the dating game. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Richard Jenkins? Yeah. And that's oh, how do they you think this movie... Bad guy? Yeah. Anyway, I think movie, this is the best of all of those movies. Do you think this movie directly led to guard, uh, guarding tests? That's a good movie. You think this is this was uh, what got a greenlit? I think it came Probably. out a year later. Yeah. Probably, but if that comes on, like TBS, I'll watch it. <laughs> I'll watch guarding <laughs> tests. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. There's there's a moment after so Malkovich is shot. He falls. He lands on that glass, you know, that, that glass, the atrium roof, right? Uh-huh. And then, and then there's a shot from above that where he, they're looking down. As the elevator's going back down? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did they make a dummy of John Malkovich for that shot? <laughs> Is that a dummy? No, he's a method actor. He insisted on doing it. Do you want? Did, did he actually go up on that roof, and and lie there, or was I? I think that was a Malkovich dummy myself. <laughs> well, Peter's, 
Peter's Doug would know about been it. hanging out with us for almost 30 years to ask this dummy question. <laughs> that's Especially what I think with the fugitive of. having a $1,500 dummy in this scene where... I think uh, that, that dummy is going to call Doug tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just wanted to bring... Before we come to our really you? <laughs> How come every dummy who knows you says you're a sick son of a bitch? <laughs> Tell me, Doug, when, when, when the demons come, what do they say? <laughs> that's all I could think of. I said, I think that's a dummy. Oh, my God. How long did they take to make that? And how much money did they spend on the Malkovich dummy? <laughs> Half an hour. Yeah. Is, is he going to climb up bitch, on that got roof? some bed sheets in his clothes. Because, you know, he was done at that point. He was gone. He's like, I, yes, you know, this, he was. This is, this is the you know the second the second team Ooh. coming in to take the, that oh, shot. Man. I think so. But you know, anyway, last point I think it's, it's worth making is the director of this movie is Wolfgang Peterson. Peterson this is yes, second podcast you did about a Wolfgang Peterson movie. The first one being Outbreak. Oh, that's right. Wasn't that's he right. Independence <laughs> Independence Day too? No, that was uh, that was not him. He did um, oh. Big Storm. Okay. Uh, das Air Boot. Force One, right? Yes. Air Force One. Yeah. Yeah. Das Boot. Yeah. Das Boot was him also. Yeah. So. Uh, well, who asked for this anyway? Uh, good stuff. <laughs> <laughs>